0: what's up gamers this is battle mallet podcast episode 40 hex ed uh nether maze rivals review two vainglorious i keep wanting to say something else that's not it Banglorious Conquerors raiders? raiders raiders
1: raiders Yep. just remember raiders of the lost ark you
0: know yeah well i want glorious something else there <laughs> and uh patient lurkers So for anyone that isn't familiar, uh, this is a podcast delving into the minds of three to four busy gamers uh, playing games that they love, balancing life with those games, and their annual journey to the Nova Open Convention, uh, which is still happening, in theory. Um, In this episode, we're going to cover the two new Warhammer Underworlds Rivals decks that were released in White Dwarf 478. Uh, two days ago as of the recording one day ago as of the recording of this episode um, but before we get into that uh, I guess I should say that I'm Jared Johnson and I am joined by Trace Hyde
2: I like Rivals decks.
0: and Jason Table Dude Murray so he totally messed up the intro just, just real bad <laughs> it's okay
1: We'll, we'll we'll fix it in post. <laughs> no, it's not getting fixed in post. <laughs> it's all staying in there. You know, this is a vanglorious in- intro. Yep, it is a vanglorious intro. So I guess I'll just be patient for you to work out. your <clears throat> Yeah. Right. Just lurk there. Oh,
0: good times. Good times. So yeah. So we are going to cover those decks and we're going to go through our normal format where um we kind of analyze the the best of the objectives and and uh, power power cards so gambits upgrades uh and things like that but before we jump all the way in um it's been a while since we've recorded so uh, i thought it'd be good to talk about what we've been up to and uh yeah and get caught up in that regard so trace in the past two-ish months what you been up to uh played some games
2: um played some Warcry. a little bit underworld's in there couple times um and i have been painting Whampires. um
1: wampiers Wampirs.
2: yep for our age of sigmar doubles army lots of blood knights got those all built up primed and started working on those last week so that's what i've been doing for the most part did enjoy our uh our um Warcry games a couple weeks ago. Those were really fun. Um, we had a, a dash, a, a, a grab and dash, classic Jared Johnson <laughs> game, and then we had a four way smash with ourself and our the three of us and um, another folk from our community. His name's um, Corbin. Um, so that was a lot of fun.
1: Um, Multi pass. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Sweet. Were were your War Curry games really fun when Jared just grabs the token and runs away? Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, You don't sound convinced.
2: No, I called that was going to happen. That's true, you did. A turn early. I was like, this is what's going to happen. You're going to grab this thing, I'm not going to be able to reach you, and you're going to win. Like that's what's gonna happen. We can't yeah. play it anyway, and my prediction was correct. because
1: yeah. because what he always does, he's a big scaredy cat.
0: Yeah, I didn't do that in our four way battle.
2: You, well, the four
0: way battle, you had to kill people. That was the was whole to idea. Kill people.
1: <laughs>
0: there was there was there wasn't anything to pick up and run away with.
1: <laughs> no. no, well, that's if, there. in the in the preview, you know, because. This is after the the skirmish preview, where we are going to get a new set for Warcry, which looks fantastic. Um, I'm hopeful that you cannot run away if they do update the rules, because I mean there ha- there's in the community articles it says that it's like an updated rules, but we all know how that goes. Sometimes it's just the same rules reprinted. We've seen that right. with Warcry multiple times. But if they do make changes. I hope they sabotage your plans, Jared.
2: Yeah, I, I think having some kind of, I think I thought I saw on some of the cards that were previewed like in one of the articles after that there are like reactions and stuff in the game now too. So hopefully one of the core reactions will be like essentially an attack of opportunity style nonsense like you can do in Dungeons and Dragons where when Jared grabs the thing from out from underneath your feet with his last activation. He can like be smashed when you try and run away.
0: I mean, that doesn't seem fair. Just because I'm picking up a thing.
2: No. No. When you get too close and you try and run away.
1: The name is called War Cry. Now I know. I'm, 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 he's crying. I'm, he's I'm, crying. I'm crying now for sure. I'm
0: taking my basketball and I'm going home. <laughs>
2: Nah, but really, like I, I did enjoy our games. It was, it was fun to get that game out. We haven't played it in a while, and it's one, of, it's our, it's our favorite game we don't play, which is what we say a lot. So, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, what about you, Jason?
1: Yeah, like I mean, I would love to play War Cry more. Um, it's, I don't know why, but it's kind of, it, it kind of has me jazzed. I've kind of fall, fallen out of love with a lot of the big scale games. Just because there's just so much content, and I don't have, I don't have the the brain power or time to stay up with everything. And playing those two games that night just was like this was, it was fun. And we haven't played in so long, and the the warbands, the guys that I put together were warbands from Underworlds. Shocker, right? Because I have all the Underworld stuff put yeah. together, so I played the Bladeborn Fighters, and it was really cool to have like five cards of abilities. I was like, wow, the last time I played, I had these generic abilities and then like your normal one card for your faction. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. My, my dice sucks though. I mean, just normally I roll lots of crits cause I love crits in any game that has crits, no, no crits in my games of war cry. That's so, so sad. I know you guys are all sad. I know, but, um, yeah, that was fun we played that i loved it like we always say let's do a campaign because i think they're pretty uh pretty standard and straightforward but yeah, we never do but i would like to do that more with the new set coming out and i'm really excited to play in different realms right because you have like the what is it the the spire
0: yeah so we've been in the in ver that the that that realm you know in the eight points up up to date but now we're we're shifting to the, the the realm of gur into the, the gnarl wood.
1: Oh it's gnarly. It is gnarly. The gnarl.
0: Yep.
1: All the Gnarls. So. Yeah. Really exciting to get that. And I like to do that more. Um staying on that trend of easy games, So this last meetup that we had, it was kind of like a little proud parent moment, right? Because it put a lot of work into getting people to to uh Come out and play. Thanks for sending me. A, a. Trace is letting me know that my son is watching me from behind me, but my phone yeah. wasn't silent, so he's dinging. Aiden James, you need to be in bed instead of hiding behind my chair. Okay. Why? Because it's 11 o'clock at night, young man. Come here. Okay. Yes. How about you say hi? Just say hi into the microphone. Hi. what's up buddy now say goodbye goodbye all right good night love you so it was kind of a proud parent moment other than my son showing up behind my chair um where we kind of balancing life
2: with games jason
1: balancing life with games (laughs) getting um getting all the gamers out on a monday night when we had multiple game systems played so we had a AOS. we had underworlds and then three new players showed up that they were never introduced to warhammer oh shocker yep and we played the board game bladeborn which is really Warcry on a hex based board um and it was a lot of fun like yes there was a lot of teaching and yes there was a lot of like i don't understand what's going on um, but the game is so simple, like it's really just Warcry with pre pre-measured spaces, so you don't have to use a ruler. Um, it was well balanced and I enjoyed it. And honestly, like I want to play it again because I have all the painted war bands again. It kind of goes with the underworld's war bands, and uh most of them are chaos. Like, I mean, I can use Eyes of the Nine in this game, so yeah, kind of want to try that out again. Um and then got a couple games of Marvel Crisis Protocol in since the last time we've um, recorded. And again, just like, once again, such a fun game. Um, I think this last time we introduced Eddie and Hulkbuster, which has not been on the table for me yet. Got revenge, because, you know, the game before that, Cable, on turn one through a gas station at Bucky. And I wasn't very happy with that, Jared. So this time Hulkbuster... Through a gas station at Colossus, and it was epic and awesome. Yeah, no, that was it was sweet. <laughs> um And as far as other worlds go, I've been just trying to find out what I want to play. Like we're in this weird state, and I'm sure Jared can relate that Nova is approaching. We've been playing an online league, but I haven't really gravitated to a championship warband because locally we're just playing Rivals and some Rivals Plus I, like I just haven't picked what I want to be good at in championship. I keep bouncing around, which means I suck. Well, wait, I suck anyway, so. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. No, the, so um yeah, I mean the last uh the last meetup was fun. Um it was cool to to have fresh new players there and we even ended up playing exploding kittens so not <laughs> nothing miniatures related um but a fun game nonetheless um so that was good and uh uh for my part I have built and primed uh the 10 Mortec guard that I need for uh the doubles list um the new Age of Sigmar Warzone whatever they're calling it realm general's handbook rules the season, the season. Yeah. The six, whatever it's Yeah. The, um, so they've changed kind of the, the way that the game is played. So the last season featured monsters, the season features battle line. And if there's a lot to do around, you know, battle line units, that do not have mounts and have four wounds or less. Um, and so it's it's been interesting to to try to figure out a list um, based on our extremely limited play of Age of Sigmar. Um, so, but I'm excited. It'll be fun. I think Trace and I have put together a list that will at least be fun to play, even if we get our teeth kicked in in Nova at Nova.
1: So they just um, added more tickets to that too. So nice if, if if we
0: get smashed we get smashed okay. that's right it'll be it'll be just like it was the last time
1: where we win yeah.
0: some and we lose some and it's all good <laughs> i so, always chalk that up as
2: a win for us if we get one win
0: yeah oh yeah if we go if we go one and two i'm totally happy perfectly valid um so yeah and then yeah in the online league uh, i played headcrackers to so the bad mob trying to make something happen there and it has not happened um, but had a couple of good games um, in the in the past couple of weeks. So got to play uh, Bacon Bourne of the Determined Effort blog this past week. Uh, so that was a lot of fun because I had not ever played him before. So, um, but that's about it. That's all I've got going on. I am looking forward to Nova. It'll be fun to get, you know, five days of games in. But I'm with you, Jason. I don't know. We don't get a lot of championship practice in. Also, I have to learn how to play Age of Sigmar again. (laughs) And then Marvel Crisis Protocol will just be fun. And, like, that's one where uh, it won't matter. I'll probably just get my teeth kicked in every game I play. Laugh about it. Go to the next game. Yep. But, like, that was fun. Let's go grab a beer. Yeah. Yeah. So have an hour left before the next round.
1: Well, you know, at least you guys are in a position that you've played the game because I'm signed up to play Kill Team on Thursday, and I have yet to finish a game of Kill Team. I don't know if I'm going to go through with that event. Might just chum just it up. Yeah. yeah,
0: you can hang out with me and Trace while we play Age of Sigmar.
1: Oh, that sounds. You know what? That sounds like so much fun.
0: And yeah, I can't think of anything more exciting than watching four people play a miniatures game. <laughs>
1: It would be for a little bit, but not the whole time. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Yeah. The other thing that I forgot to mention that I've been really digging lately, and it's not, you know, it's kind of hobby adjacent, and that is uh, Chaos Gate, the game on the PC with the Grey Knights. Um, It's, for anyone that's not familiar, so you play as the Grey Knights, and it's very similar to um, XCOM or like a um turn-based squad-based game it has all the cool things of like finding weapons or getting weapons um armor different recruits and you kind of fight around this galactic map fighting uh nurgle's wonderful rot and the story is very good it's very gripping but more importantly it's really cool to just have like um a connection to gray knight space marines so like you know i got one guy that's in power armor and has a big old sword and another one that has the falchions, and another one that jumps around everywhere with his teleportation pack and um it's it's a lot of fun I, i've learned in you know, over the last week though because you know i'm kind of like i want to go through the entire mission i want to kill all the enemies and i don't want to have anyone take any damage well, this has, game has great pacing where sometimes you just got to run through the map, take your lumps, and complete the objective and get teleported the hell out of there because there is no way that you're going to defeat everything that's on the map. So um, I, it's really been fun. So.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I uh, I should probably pick that up at some point, but I should probably make sure I have everything painted for Nova
1: before I do that. I mean you can customize their name, customize problems. I, I know. You don't have to. You don't have to
0: sell me on it, Jason. <laughs> I'm already sold. So, well, cool. Well, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're all caught up now. So, uh, with that, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we will review the Patient Lurker's Rivals deck.
2: Welcome back. Thank you for your patience. Because right now we're going to talk about the Patient Lurker's deck, and I think this one's got some pretty interesting style changes, I guess, from what's what we've traditionally seen with some of the Patient Lurker or the the other Rivals decks so far. Um, but I think <clears throat> we'll let the cards talk for themselves about you know what what uh what exactly you're gonna to want to be doing with this sport with this deck so guys let's kick it off with the objectives um and jason can you tell me like what particular card you think might be a good uh, if you're sitting at the, if you're sitting at the table the first first round um what do you want to see in your hand tell me one card that you want to see in your hand
1: like anyone just just like out of all my cards what card do I want what to see what objectives what objectives do you want <laughs> just he did say just, objective he did he did just picking on you uh so yeah like here we sit with yet another white dwarf rivals deck which i'm super fortunate super lucky to have and the card i'm looking forward to kick it all off trace yep is lead from the rear
2: that's not leading at all, though.
1: Well, it's not, because you're supposed to lead from the front. But this time, I'm going to lead for the rear. And the reason I want this one on this this deck is because I feel that turn one, this is the most controllable. Like, let's face it, most warbands, their leader needs to do work. Like, they're typically one of the best fighters in that warband. And um, the reason I want it is because if he's going to be in the rear, it's turn one. I can control where I place him. I can control where I um, deploy him. So that can make this card much easier to score. Um, And then the rest of the game, I get to use him, and I don't have to worry about his positioning to score this later in the game.
2: So for those who don't know, uh, lead from the rear is a dual objective. And it says, score this in an end phase if your leader is the friendly fighter furthest from each enemy fighter and... One or more friendly fighters are in enemy territory or in no one's territory. So it's very easily controllable, like you said, Jason. I think that that's a good that's a good shout for like if you want to have something that you know that you can control in your hand. I think that's a good one to start with. Jared, what about you? Is there an objective that you like?
0: Yeah. So one thing of note in this rival deck is that it does only have three surges um, and um one of those surges is very popular in championship play and it's probably and it's one that you're going to want is uh contest of equals so this is a surge score this immediately after a failed attack action if the attack roll and defense roll had the same number of successes and it is important to note this is in the designer's commentary that zero is in fact a number so uh if you fail your attack and i fail my defense role or vice versa um I can still score this, and it's one of those objectives that you can score uh, during your opponent's activation, which is actually yeah. pretty economical. Uh, kind of helps you get through the deck and and things like that. And it is extremely popular in championship play right now. Um, and the game is very interactive. So despite the fact that you know there's been some resurgence in hold feature tokens, there's still a lot of interaction required um, to just play the game. And it is the game of arena combat. So you know. People like to roll dice. I like to roll dice. Um, Go arena so it up. I
1: think it. I think it fits. People are going to roll dice at some one time. single defense die. Is what you like to roll.
2: It is, and then and, roll, and crit that. And then roll a crit it.
1: Yep. Uh, like three times
0: in a row, so that Wallop doesn't die. Crit you.
2: That happened to me the other night, and I wasn't playing against you. I'll just have you know.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. It was. It was bad. But it's good fine. to know that that it's not just me.
2: No, it it definitely it definitely happened. Yeah. It was like four or five attacks in a row
1: that that happened. That's
2: painful. It'll
1: it yeah. happen. I think you know, Jared. You mentioned the three surges, and I think this is a great point to kind of um, bring up now. Is this it, it is light in surges? I don't believe we have any other deck, or rivals format deck that has three. I could be wrong, but Form spat. Oh, there you go. Worms yeah. has three. <laughs> um, but I think the re- like the reason that the, this works here is because how like passive the rest of the deck is, right? If it if it had five surges and then stacked with the end phase scoring, it could make for a very passive, non-interactive match in rivals. Sure. Um, so I'm not like it stinks and I don't know if I really like. The fact that it has three surges, but it makes sense to me in my head. So, yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, I, I can't speak for the designer of the deck. So, John Bracken, um, is, is one of the game designers. And, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine that he would want to build a rivals deck that doesn't have any interaction and is able to score like everything. So, and we'll see this. This will come up in the, in the next deck, but like, um, I can't remember the name of the card now but the the surge that's also super popular sudden uh, revelation yeah yeah so so just scoring for for flipping two feature tokens yeah you like could have very be, easily putting that in this deck yeah he, he could have but that's going to provide like a negative play experience and i i yeah, don't very, think that that's what the designers want i think they want some some interaction um, so yeah that's a good point jason
1: so bring us home on the last uh, the last objective that we want, Trace. What, what's the so, third one?
2: So the, the one that kind of stands out to me, if you're looking at your first hand, like your, your perfect first hand, um, for me, I think the third card that you're going to want is Lost in Shadow, which is another duel. Um, and it says, score this in an end phase if your warband holds two or more objectives and... One or more enemy fighters are each in a cover hex. With the way that the interactivity is with a lot of these warbands and decks now, um, and just the way the game plays, um, the it I don't think it's a far stretch to think that your enemy, inim- your opponent, is going to want to be in a cover hex in your territory, um, or it doesn't even have to be in your territory. It just has to be in a cover hex altogether. So, like they might get into a cover hex and be seeking to to flip that one over, um, you know, so on and so forth. So I think, I think it's just a good, it's a good, a good play, especially considering the fact that it's two glory. Um, if you can get, it does, it is not unreasonable to think that you could score all three of these and have four glory just sitting in the bank. Um, and you don't even have to kill anybody. Right. So, um, I think that's a really good, solid kickstart to the deck. So um, so that that's our game plan as far as the objectives go. But I think a lot of where you're going to get the power from this deck is obviously in the power deck. So let's, let's kick that off as well. Um, Jared, why don't you start us off on this one? I, I think there's some good gambits and there's some good um, upgrades, but we'll get to the upgrades in just a minute. Yeah. So tell us your top gambit.
0: Yeah, so surprising no one, I'm going to pick the push card. There's the theme there. So Shadow Lore. Um, So this is uh, a gambit. Choose one friendly fighter, pick one, push that fighter one hex towards the nearest cover hex, or pick the nearest feature token in an empty hex and move that token one hex towards that fighter. So you can either push your fighter onto a cover hex, or you can pull a feature token underneath uh, your fighter. And that, I mean, there are myriad uses there. Like pushing a fighter is always nice, um, either to set something up so that you can be standing either in a cover hex or potentially on an objective later. Uh, But like, it's really cool if uh, you charge somebody that's on a feature token and you fail that attack or whatever, and then you just shimmy that feature token right underneath you, um, which is going to help set up, you know, uh, you know, other objectives for the
1: for the deck. So. Yeah, and this is the, like, just to kind of give another use, which would be very hard to do. But given the fact that this is the only push or movement-style gambit in the deck, the second interaction of this is pick the the nearest feature token in an empty hex and move that token one hex towards this, like that fighter, the fighter that you're choosing. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the only way that you have to manipulate the board and you could, in theory, pull a feature token underneath an enemy fighter. Mm. So when it comes to like Chum in the Waters or Lost in Shadow, yeah, you could yeah. set this up. It, once again, the board state would have to be perfect because you don't have any other pushes to get people around. Um, but I think it is critical uh, if they're not standing on those feature tokens that this could help you.
2: There's also some other positioning cards in this,
1: like positioning
2: objectives in this deck that, you know, um, require you to have two fighters adjacent to the same fighter or something like that. So um, I think that that's that's another reason why this card is a good pick.
1: Um, Jason, why don't you tell us about your top gambit? I, so because I want to make sure that I'm set up for the future, I want suffocating mists, like, only because I think that that card is vital to scoring Chum in the waters, Chum the waters. I want to make sure that I have it in hand round one, so whenever that, that objective comes up, I can score it. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, also, too, if I'm sitting back in my territory, it allows me to maybe plink away uh, at them early in the game.
2: Okay, good. Um, I also like to kind of plan for the future a little bit. So I chose Dark Epiphany um, because that is that card says it's a gambit and says, draw one power card for each friendly fighter in a cover hex, then discard that many power cards. So while this does, the only negative to this is that you're. Um, you're being asked to discard whatever you draw as well, which is kind of crappy, but you can at least adapt potentially what you're trying to score by having this, card, this draw card in your hand. You can potentially draw into a card that will help you score something. If you don't draw into one of those three objectives that we're talking about on the first turn or in any turn, um, just being able to card draw is always a good option for you too. So that was my pick. Um, we, I do think that there's one additional gambit that we need to talk about because I just think it's got a lot of flexibility, especially for some of the other cards in this deck um, that you want to try and score, and that's Leech Strength. Can we talk about Leech Strength for just a second?
0: Yes. Let's.
2: I was waiting for y'all to say no. Oh.
0: Um, This, this so, card is garbage. No, we don't talk about it.
2: So Leech Strength is one of those wall of text cards. When you look at it, it's got a lot of verbiage on there. Uh, This says choose one friendly fighter and one enemy fighter adjacent to that fighter. In the next activation, the chosen friendly fighters range one attack actions have a damage characteristic equal to the highest damage characteristic of the chosen enemy fighters attack actions. So I just think that this is a good way to take a fighter that would be fairly unassuming, right? And you can somehow get them next to somebody else. Um, but they may like they may have a three dice attack, but it's damage one. Um, and they're going into like, I don't know, Black Moloch powder, or Black Rothgarn. Powder, Rothgorn, somebody big. And you basically take that damage four attack, and now you've got a three dice damage four attack. Um, it does require a little bit of setup. Um, but i think it's just an interesting interaction and gives some on-demand damage whereas it's not doesn't require glory or anything to, to equip that so yeah what do you guys think about that
1: i think it's utility and I, I you know i i think i want to tie it back into the card you picked before in dark epiphany um you know this being a rival's deck if you're playing it just you know as rivals, you're gonna run into situations where you're searching for tools and i think that that's why that draw card is so Mm -hmm. important because in certain matchups i don't care about leech strength right right so let me discard that and get get another tool that i actually need yeah Mm -hmm. um but the fact that it is rivals so which means that unless you're playing essentials there is not that much plus damage this could be really crucial to getting to three four four damage um you know and you're coming that with a push or a step between the shadows and now look at me um I'm, I'm swiping away and it it's just worth
2: noting too that like it's not an attack action so like you could give it to bat squig right like you could yeah. choose bat squig or something yeah. like that. Um, it's just a really. I think it's pretty versatile. It's not. It depend. It's very dependent on what you're going after. Um, but I just think it's. I think it's an interesting
0: card. Yeah, and and note that the attack doesn't have to target the whoever's strength you just leached. That's correct. Right. So you could like pull like a damage four off of, Kanan or, something, and then go after another fighter. Yep. If
2: because. you don't
0: think that you can. Connect and get all of
2: the damage through to kill whatever fighter is adjacent to you. If there's another yeah. fighter adjacent to you, you can do the same to that fighter and get yourself yeah. an additional glory. And that's how we win the game. So, that's right. And glory is what you need to put on upgrades, which is what we're going to talk about next. So,
0: um, <laughs> nice transition. Uh,
2: so, what I'll go first on this one since you guys have gone taking turns to go first um for the other ones but i think my favorite one um is dark strength so plus one damage to this fighter's range one attack actions if this fighter is in a cover hex there's a lot of cover hexes in this game and if you're on an objective you can flip it over and it becomes a cover hex so i just think that In a, in a format where there is not a lot of plus damage, having a plus damage card in any capacity is pretty good. So that is my pick. It's simple and straightforward and allows you to kill your enemies. So Jason, how about you? What's your, what's your top damage? Kill them
1: all. So yeah. 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 And if you have that, so if you have dark strength, um, i i really want cursed cutlass um i think it's a really cool weapon upgrade uh it gets me up to four dice so four fury for uh two damage uh it makes the the fighter a brawler um the only negative is is that the bounty gained when an enemy fighter is taken out of action by this attack action uh it is spent glory unless you're in a feature token but this You know, this deck wants me to be sitting in my territory on feature tokens, so why not give them an awesome, awesome attack action upgrade for four dice? Yeah. It's
2: it's four swords, range one, and two damage. So if you can cover that with... If you can also combo that with dark strength and be on a feature token, now you're hitting for three damage. and That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's... What is there? there's a card in here too that wants me to be a ball a brawler and that i'll live for the fight so yep. if that attack action is made by a brawler each attack action made by them and the next activation step is plus one dice right so um you know if i if i have someone that has scything granted yep. that attack action doesn't but you know it's just good to have additional dice uh, for them
2: yeah so additional dice additional damage Sounds like what we typically will go for for top upgrades. Anyway, Jared, what about you?
0: Uh, Ferocious Bite. So just a generic plus one dice to this fighter's range one attack actions. Seems pretty straightforward. Extra accuracy is always nice, but it's plus two dice to this fighter's range one attack actions instead if this fighter is a beast. So... um, Yep. So all of those uh, all those you know, fighters that have Maybe not so accurate attacks, but you know, could do one or two damage. You know, adding some extra additional accuracy there. Uh, this could be really useful if it's paired with leech strength. So, if you have a fairly inaccurate beast, yep. you could mm-hmm. take a high damage and get extra accuracy. And now things yeah. look very different. Yep. And it's,
2: it only requires one glory because leech strength is a gambit and not an upgrade, which is That's nice. Right. Um, Did we have any other cards that we thought were interesting but don't necessarily make our top three in this
1: category? Yeah, I think uh, Dark Intellect. I I will throw that one out there. Um, So this is a upgrade reaction. Use this after an activation step in which you drew one or more power cards. If this fighter is in a cover hex, roll one magic dice on a roll of a um channel draw one more power card and again this being a rival's deck that may not have all the surgery synergies you're looking for in the deck anytime you can draw through that is is a good thing
2: yeah absolutely and the fact that it's just a reaction so like it's it's easy to draw a power card and then know that you may get a chance to draw another it's that's a great two for one wombo yeah Um, so that's nice. Um, so we've talked about kind of what you're, you're wanting to do with some of these cards and kind of the overall gist of the deck so
0: far, what kind of boards are we looking to play on? You definitely want some cover hexes. There's a lot in here that requires cover hexes. Um, you know, whether that's dark strength or phantom spear or. You know, the curse Cutlass. So being able to attack from or be in cover hexes is going to be nice.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree. I so agree. that's like uh, Profane Larder, Oblivion's Pillars. Because, um, you know, in the current season, when you put the future tokens down, they start as cover hexes as well. So if you can just flood right. your side of the board with cover hexes, you know, that may even help with um, chum of the Waters. Um, yeah, no, that's that's
2: a good call. I mean, I, I, anything that anytime you have objectives in here that say be in a cover hex, be on objectives, you want to try and maximize the number of those that you can. So that's yeah. that's a good it's a good shout. Um, What
1: about play style? Jason, what do you think about play style?
2: Yeah, um, man, how, how, are we, how are we supposed to win with this?
1: yeah so it kind of goes back to the board selection too why do we want those cover hexes that are just innately in our territory is because this is a passive deck like this deck wants it is the counter to invading aggro we want the enemy to come to us uh be standing on feature tokens and strike back right so we we do want some interaction there are some cards that score for standing next to people and looming threat and inseparable, but we want them to come to us. We wanna play the long game. It also ties into the objective lucky find, which is, you know, one, it's a uh, score one glory if you have a map upgrade um, equipped and we have water log map and we also have encrusted key, which doesn't score the map one, but it is giving you an additional glory in the end of the game. So there is a lot of glory to be had in this deck as long as we're safe in our safe in our little territory, our home. There's only one one objective that wants us to be in enemy territory. So
2: it seems like a very counter punchy deck,
1: right? Like you're just kind of
2: waiting and doing your thing yep. and then whenever the other warbands who probably are aggressive are coming into your territory, you're just kind of lying in wait, being a patient lurker and then punching them.
1: That's right um
2: so i like it i think it's a i think it's a cool twist on what we've seen so far from the uh rivals decks that we've had already um so if you're playing against this what are you
0: trying to do you got to stay out of cover hexes and feature tokens so one of the three surges uh You score immediately, lured in score this immediately after an enemy fighter on an objective token in your territory is taken out of action. So just don't be on an objective token in enemy territory and you're robbing them of one of their three surges. And then it also blocks two more of the objectives. So Lost in Shadow and Chum the Waters. If you're not on cover hexes or feature tokens or whatever.
1: Yeah, and the only one the only one you're gonna give up is sinking feeling. Like they're gonna score that, but that's one glory. one glory.
0: And you've denied them five, so. Yep. Yeah. So,
2: what warband are we choosing if we're trying to use this deck?
0: So, I think you need a lot of fighters, right? Like, I don't think a three-fighter warband is quite going to cut it, because you got to be on some hexes. Um, and then you want some good action economy when it comes to mobility. So the ability to move fighters around. So, you know, like I think about Thorns of the Briar Queen with the push. Um, I think about the Cunning Crew with their move reaction. Um, You know, anything that's going to let you move or or get multiple fighters where you want them in a single activation is is probably going to be pretty good. Thundrix Prop of Tears is good, too, because of the ability to be able to touch people while you're still
2: on objectives or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, I like that. That's
2: good. Yeah, Blink away some damage, and then when they try and get close to, close to you, then you can bust out the range one stuff
1: that boosts your damage and stuff like that. And, and it's Thundrix... I'm so backwards on who's got what, but Thundrix doesn't have a functioning Rivals deck, right? Correct. Not. So, like, that's a good way to bring them into Rivals or get to play Warband.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jason, what about you? Do you have any hot picks for this Warband? Did you or mention...
1: Yeah, did did you mention Grimwatch, Jared? I did I not. No, did. that's a good shout. Yeah, so I think, you know, Grimwatch don't want you in their territory anyway, right? So Yeah. Like they, you know, pushing them out and getting them inspired, Grimwatch would be good. You have some upgrades in the Phantom Spear and the Cutlass to do a little more damage. Um and then I like I like Lady Harrow with this as well, just because I have two dodge, so it's a little bit easier for me to survive um Mm -hmm. once the lady is inspired which if you're coming to me i'm probably going to be able to fly over you and inspire she has the push if you don't attack her which really is going to help me either get onto a feature token or maybe i can score inseparable or looming threat a little bit easier because now i have an innate push um as well as they are very good at counter punching because once they inspire they hit uh fairly well Mm -hmm. and the last one i'll leave you with this Oh, wait, do you want to ask me something about... I was like, going to ask you this, probably. No, go ahead. So,
2: wait. We want a lot of fighters. There's one more band in this game that has the most fighters of everybody. And that's Starbags Gets. Um,
0: they have oh, and they do have
2: Scurry. They have movement shenanigans to get on the objectives pretty easy. But I think the counterpoint is going to be you're going to have to really... Be conscious of you bleeding glory,
1: um. Because yeah, yeah, like Dude. yeah, get, go ahead. Get, gets get better when you can inspire, right? With two dodge. so yeah. It, and with three surges, you're probably not inspiring turn one. <laughs> yeah. No.
2: Nope. No. Um. But they do have they do have two beasts, and the two beasts are actually pretty tasty as far as their attacks go, because they both have cleave. That's true. When when they inspire, um, so you know you, you get plus two dice on those from the card that we highlighted earlier.
0: Just um,
2: there's there's a, that Driz get. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that I think they have the tools to make the deck work. I do think that
1: it'll be a closer game than it would be with some of these other warbands, though. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my secret that I didn't talk in the pre-show that I think fits this deck fairly well and it definitely fits the way that i played them back in nova many many years ago That's and right. that is no the skeletons sepulchral Guard. Uh, sepulchral yeah, guard. Sepulchral guard. um and you, they're you'd have so the same you, problem though we have the same problem but you have access to double move right the warden wants to stay in the back anyway yeah and then when you come in to try to chew up my champion or harvester, you've now given me a fighter that I can go attack with. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Granted, that's... once you get through the front line... Eh. Yeah. They also the don't old, have the old on deck, his so. on a single
0: dodge. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: They don't yeah. have a rival's deck anyway, so that, that's a good call. Yeah. As, same with, with Zarbag, same with... Uh, Oh, we
1: made 10,
2: 10. The Lady Harrow one though, I feel like you're just taking Lady Harrow's deck. You're not doing this one.
1: <laughs> you you are
2: you are but, you but
0: it's an option. It's
2: an option. Like, uh, it is an option, but I,
1: I think that that's the wrong option <laughs> if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the Seproko su- Guard too. They got the Wombo combo of the Harvester being a brawler and okay. having scything, so now I get uh, my extra yeah. dice. With the, with the card and I can. It's true. It's too, right?
0: And by the way, so I didn't bring this up, but Leech Strength says that the damage applies to all attack actions in the next activation. Yeah. Oh yep. man,
1: give me that. Yep. Let's do it yep.
0: up, Herbert. So go go Leech card. a Strength three attack from somebody and then go scythe for three damage on five dice or whatever nonsense you're going to get out of that.
1: And can I just say that that's why I love like the rivals and the and the um white dwarf releases like i yeah. i get it right like they're not for everybody um you know we'll get to this one what <clears throat> struggles with when we talk about the new player rating but it's just like for the veteran player in our meta where everyone loves rivals like now i can grab some guard and go out there and have a good time or i can grab grab grimwatch or lady harrow because trace you remember like locally like there was a bad experience playing Lady Harrow's Rivals. Die. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. now I can play it, and it's a little more balanced.
2: Yep. Yep. No, one hundred percent. So you brought it up. So let's talk about what the new player rating for this warband is. I personally give it a bronze, and we'll talk about why in a minute.
1: <laughs>
0: oh yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a bronze
1: bronze all.
0: It's bronze all
1: day, all day.
0: So let's talk
2: about the reason why it is bronze, at least for, from the play style point of view. It, this is not an easy play style to do, to sit there and just be patient and like hope that they do what you want them to do. Um, and although it does have the tools to do the job, you need the right cards in, the right hand, in your hand at the right time to pull some of those things off and so those two things together for me i think it's a very engaging and interesting deck to play um but i i do think that it's going to require a little bit on card draw yeah um as to how well you do with it um the passive scoring on the objectives and stuff is is good sometimes you just need to have people next to fighters, sometimes you might need to kill one fighter. I think there's only one one card in here that requires you to actually kill a fighter, um, maybe two. Um, but overall, you just need to roll some dice and maybe miss an attack or have all successes. Um, but I think that the play style itself is going to be harder for somebody who's just starting to wrap their head around. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. When we all first started, we just wanted to run at each other and roll dice and smash people. Like, that's yeah. kind of the way that we played. And I think that that's pretty consistent with how somebody who might be tra- transitioning from like a board game over to this would be.
0: Yeah. And um, Jason brought up a really good point in the pre show. Yeah. How the, many, the, how the many other,
1: sets do you need? Yeah. The other point is just access to the deck, right? So the deck is five different sets so you're gonna to have to have harrow the harrow deep starter set you're yeah. gonna have to have black powders you're gonna have the exile dead uh the nether, nether maze oh and then one of my favorite elucidary might elucidary might yeah
2: <laughs> so it's gonna require you to have all previous season that's what it does it requires yeah. you to have all previous season plus the current core set right yeah now, which is not the cheapest of investments
1: and it's actually six. So I counted five, but it's six. Yeah. yeah. New player rating for Rivals. It's not very new player friendly, right? No, it is not. Yeah.
2: And that's not to really uh-huh. comment about the power level of the deck. It's just the play style and the the yeah, access for, to it. For new
0: players, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. So what about Rivals Plus? It, there's There's some pretty saucy cards in this deck. That you can combine with some other warbands, I think, to to get um, some nice little wombo combos off. What What do you guys think about this deck as a supplement for a, a Rivals Plus format?
1: Jason, what do you think, bud? He's throwing it to me again. I feel like I've talked this whole segment. I feel like jace so, has talked this whole segment. <laughs> so the you know, Rivals I'm leading Plus, the segment, right for Rivals Plus. <laughs> um it's tough because of the three surges yeah right it's just like how do you pick this to to build with when you're only going to have your in faction and and these three to pick from and lured in i'm not taking that in any i can't think of any reason i want to take that unless i have just a ton of pushes to control it um contest equals and unequal contest are very good cards to have as surges so maybe you do and then the end phase, I mean, I can pick like chumming in the waters, lost in the shadow, lead from the rear because it's controllable if I get it early. Like there yeah. are there is some choices there, uh, which is yeah. which are okay, um, but it's just the surges that make it difficult to pick it. Uh, then once I get into the gambits and upgrades, it is viable. What I do like and what would swing me over the three objectives. Is now I have access to illusions without taking the full rivals deck, yeah. right? So I can get Blood Rack Mask, which is useful if I want to play an aggro warband. It uh, has some. Spear is really good. Yeah, and the the spear is really good for um, tooling up a a um, fighter that may not have access to two damage. It like you can do it turn one. So yeah, I do like that. Um, that aspect of selecting this to build with. Yeah, Jared, do you have any additional thoughts?
0: No, I think that that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's it's going to be one where you feel like your warband is missing two surges, and then a handful of you know like a push or a, or a, a illusion, but I don't think it's so, going to be one
2: so if you think about if you think about it from this perspective right like if you've got a warband that's got some pretty solid surges but not a lot of good end phase stuff yeah i think this is a good supplement for you just from like because those those end phase are not they're not brilliant but they may be better than something that you have in your in your regular deck um so i think it's a i I do think it's a good supplement but i also think that you're basically opening yourself up to a lot of the cards that you would have in like a championship
1: format anyway the the hardest part is overcoming essentials right with any time that we talk about plus is i'm weighing it with like does it outpace the cards i want from essentials yeah and it's close uh you know i really wish that essentials wasn't in the conversation because then you would find more uses for the deck and it pairs well with the ones that we we listed for just who's going to run the rivals deck yeah like this complements lady harrow their their deck with very well very yeah
2: oh yeah Um, because they want to stand on some objectives they want to move through some cover they want to move through some block texas and stuff so like They've got a lot of good tools to complement these cards. And then Thundrix, I think, too, does.
1: Yeah, but then okay. you run the thing. Like, Thundrix can also run really good Supremacy, right? And then go yeah. back to Essentials. Or yeah. you when you talk about gits, you have Infestation and Making a Statement, right? Like, those combos are, yeah. are probably stronger. So,
2: Yeah, that's fair. Quite fair. Well... Thank you for your patience during this segment. So uh, we are going to uh, take a break and uh, we will be lurking until we come back in just a moment.
1: All right, I'm back and I'm flipping open, open the pages of my white dwarf and we're ready to talk about Venglorious Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: I'm so nope. glad you're leading this section because I do not want to follow Vainglorious with the word raiders. And <laughs> I'm just gonna do everything I can for the rest of the episode to avoid saying the name of this deck. Why? Because there's a really good movie that starts almost Vainglorious. And it's not what we're here to talk about.
1: No. No. No, we're not. We're here to talk about raiding. Raiding? rating rating invading aggro so gonna review the second uh deck in this white dwarf and this is a my opinion a good one i think it's i think it's really good really really good i'm gonna see how many times i can say good now i'll uh all kidding aside glad to be back and talking about this one um we're gonna start right out jump right in get into the objectives this deck does have five surges so like the last one whew, whew, we we have a large selection so gentlemen what what would you like to take in your first hand to start your vanglorious glory train
0: so i i think the first one we want is sudden revelation so i don't know if we've actually talked about this card on the podcast probably not because it's not in any other rivals deck. Well let's have a revelation then. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this is a surge. Score this immediately after a power step in which your warband flipped two or more feature tokens in that power step. That's it. Just gotta flip two tokens. And <laughs> uh, it is uh it is part of the rule set that flipping a cover hex into a cover hex still counts as flipping. So
1: the, oh, the a cover, a gloom
0: feature A gloom gloom feature token. Yes, not a cover hex. You're correct. A gloom feature token into another gloom feature token still counts as flipping because you are physically picking up the token and flipping it over, even though this, both sides are the same. So uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's pretty easy to score. Uh and uh, it is one of the few surges that requires no interaction with your opponent. So Like it's pretty solid. It's pretty tough for your opponent to stop. Uh, It's pretty tough for you to stop if your opponent has it. Um, And it's a really good way to get some easy seed glory going. So, and it is wildly popular in championship play right now. So it makes sense that it would be one that you would want in your hand for a rivals game as well.
1: And it fits almost every warband. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
0: Every every warband has at least two fighters.
1: All right, that glory scoring was sudden. It was revealing. It was delving. There was a revelation. What am I going to score next, Trace?
2: Well, now that you've fearlessly gone into your opponent's territory to potentially flip two tokens towards the end of your turn, I like fearless seekers. This is a end phase score, which is this in an end phase if two or more friendly fighters are on feature tokens in enemy territory. You don't have to be on objectives. You've already made itself, made yourself clear that you're going to try and flip these two. So once you've moved and you're able to stick on them by the end of the turn, you're going to get two glory for it, which is just some tasty, tasty synergy, I feel like, um, especially for a Rivals deck. Like setups like that don't happen <laughs> in a lot of the faction decks. So I, I think that's pretty good um and everybody's wanting to be aggressive and get into enemy territory so i think that this is this fits this deck nicely yeah it's two glory which is big
1: It two glory and you can really really set this card up when you deploy and are setting feature tokens onto the board you're looking to get an objective over the line and then you can just follow up with your placed gloom hex like right next to it which makes Fearless Seekers a really good first turn and face score. Yep. Very, Again, very popular in championship. One of my favorite cards because it really drives the engagement of the game. So you're scoring good glory, but yet your opponent can come out and touch you. And that leads us to the final objective that I'm looking for in our first hand. We've talked about it before, but contest the equals. Surge score this immediately after a failed attack action if the attack roll and defense roll have the same number of successes. It's a great objective given the interaction in the game right now i'm probably running across and you know with the charge so there's a chance to score it there and then because i'm standing in enemy territory trying to score for the seekers i'm probably getting attacked back so there's a chance to score it there as well mm-hmm. um really good uh flow in those first three objectives uh and it doesn't stop there like well, there, there are a lot of solid Objectives that play into that. For example, shadow elimination. If I'm going across with my leader, now I just have to flip an objective token and wham bam, I get another glory after the power step. So,
2: and if you, I just want to drop this in here too. If you're in the end phase and you're on two feature tokens that you've flipped and you have extraordinary revelation in your hand, uh, you get another three glory. Score this oh. in an end phase if two more friendly fighters are each holding an objective in enemy territory. If you manage to get
1: on two objectives, it could be really good. Could be good. We just went from that sudden revelation to an extraordinary revelation. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Suddenly extraordinary. Yeah, and there's we'll get into the gambits, which really can help you support the extraordinary revelation to score. Um, some really cool tricks in there uh again you know this deck has 19 total glory so i think that's one of the higher rivals decks that we've seen so far so we're off to a good start um but we need some tools to help us score that and win the day and we always start with the gambits so trace what we have our objectives we kind of have our first round what our play play style was what gambits can support us in doing that
2: uh so if we're talking about supporting gambits for the first turn, Dark Conversion seems like a really solid pick for me. Uh, pick two feature tokens in empty hexes. Place each feature to- feature to- token in a hex. Um, in the hex the other feature token was in that you picked them. So you're basically swapping two two feature tokens, and that could be a gloom token that you placed with an objective token that you placed to help set up the score that we just talked about. Um it could be, you know, it's it's really strong. Like being able to just kind of pick two and adjust them how you want how you see fit yeah. makes those um placed gloom tokens very, very flexible. So yeah. Um really good to card.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've seen this level of board state manipulation in any rivals deck to date. So uh it's,
2: it's, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Big not in a true rivals deck. There's, I think, the dwarves actually have one that they can switch. Yeah, awesome. that's true. But I think, but they're, they're not a true
1: rivals deck because they don't have enough cards to be a rivals deck. So right. Yeah, when you when you really start to sharpen the pencil with this deck, that dark version is probably gonna help you stop scoring of your opponent more than anything else. Yeah. yeah. It, it really hinders you in championship for those that are playing. It's a great card. Yeah, get it in there. Being able to rip a rip rip an an, an objective token
0: and turn it into a a gloom token is a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, especially if you're if you're playing um, an objective based warband or a feature token based warband, you can in theory end up with four objectives on your side of the board. Right. Yeah. So now supremacy is really in easier. play. <laughs> yeah, dominant position becomes a lot easier to score. Or you making the statement on the other side, right? Like, so if there's <clears throat> only one objective on the other side and you control it, like it's real easy to get making a statement. So yeah. All right, Jared. What's the next one?
0: Yeah. So uh, we like Reckless Rush. So there are two cards in here that that boost movement, uh, but we picked Reckless Rush because it doubles the move characteristic. Uh, of the first friendly fighter to make a move action and it is an unrestricted move action so it could be a move action that is part of a charge action um so you know suddenly you've got you know an inspired morgok running eight hexes in you've got Skathe from the wild hunt charging 10 hexes uh you know there's a there's a lot to love there um there is a downside you do have to deal one damage to and then stagger the fighter afterwards but um i mean and you know the fighters i mentioned that's purely aggro right somebody that you want to charge in and crump somebody but like Worth it's also it. good yeah because it'll allow you to go in and maybe grab a, a token that wasn't necessarily available without being able to double your move characteristic so
1: yeah, right, and ideally you use that in the last activation of the turn to get something, scooch onto something, attack someone. Score some glory. And if you have to use it early, I can't really help you with the damage, Jared. But to get rid of that staggered token, you can you know, also double up on the lead advance and give him a guard token and take that stagger token off. So That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. man, all the synergies in this bad boy.
0: I know, it's... It's like the more we talk about it, the better it sounds.
1: <laughs> and then uh, the last card I want to call out here for opening hand is got one of the best artwork cards in um, in the set, in my opinion, in the Nether score set, and that's Step Between the Shadows. It's choose one friendly fighter in a cover hex that has no move or charge tokens. Place the chosen fighter in a different cover hex and give them one move. Um so we had like we've seen cards like this in the past with uh, what is it Illusionary? Oh uh, no, my goodness! What's the one you would run and then come all the way back from season one? Uh,
0: uh, illusionary oh, fighter. Um,
1: illusionary fighter. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, it can be used like that, so you can be in enemy territory and pull yourself back. Um, but I think most commonly what you're going to use it for is you're going to pair that with a card that we didn't mention. In Shadow Lure, because can yeah. you believe it? For the first time ever in a Rivals review, we didn't mention a push in the Gambit. Oh, I know. It's painful. It's painful, but uh, Shadow Lure is still there, still very useful. Um, so you probably pair it with that, get on, into a cover hex, and fling yourself across the board. And if you are a Kanan, like the artwork shows, the your opponent's probably like, oh, crap. Like, I am... I'm in it now. (laughs) Uh, It also sets up a lot of the scoring that you want, like whether it's Fear of the Seekers or Extraordinary Revelation, uh, Masters of the Abyss, it sets up a lot of it, or even Shadow Elimination if you have to get further into the territory. It's a really, really useful teleport card. Do we miss anything? Uh, you know, reckless. Well, Crush, so dude, you mentioned
0: Shadow lore, right? So that's a you can either push yourself or you can pull a feature token. There's also Sikkim, which is a push. Um, so you have to push closer to the enemy, but that's pretty easy to set up. And then there's also Swarming Darkness. Um, so uh, another one that allows you to ma- manipulate the board state. So you can move a feature token or um, you can flip a feature token. So.
2: Really also stinks. audacious move and live for the fight in king of the deeps too Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. name them all
1: and that's <laughs> it we did we named them all because they're all pretty good yeah it, it really like gambits do have You have you have your basic formula right like we have a bunch of pushes we have some shenanigans have board some accuracy. Adams, accuracy the only thing we're really missing is what damage oh it's yeah damage really but that'll come in the upgrades right Oh, one, one would hope. One would hope. So let's move on to the upgrades. Jared, give me my damage, please. Okay. Well, how
0: about instead of adding damage to my attacks, I reduce damage from your attacks with Dark
1: Majesty? Okay. So maybe I, oh, maybe I get more attacks. Okay. All right. Yeah, what do so you got? Minus
0: one damage from range one attack actions that target the spider to a minimum one if this fighter is in a cover Hacks. So, um, this card by itself maybe not the best, but there is so much in this deck that either wants you to be in a cover hex or allows you to get into a cover hex pretty easily that uh, I think it fits, and I think it's it's going to be those ones and you know, one of the ones that we like. And like you said, Jason, it maybe it doesn't add damage, but it keeps you alive longer, and lets you make multiple attacks. So,
2: speaking of keeping dudes alive longer, the card I like is Nether Defense. Gotta defend is... the Nether. I mean, nothing, you, you have to protect the nethers at all times. Yes. There's nothing worse than getting kicked in the nethers. Yeah. So, this card pairs with Dark Majesty beautifully because, in addition to having minus one damage to attacks that um, are coming towards you, this one gives you plus one defense if the fighter is in a cover hex. This fighter cannot be on guard, though. So, you're getting plus one defense, but I mean, we all know that. Getting additional defense dice is really, really nice. Um yeah. And pair that with a, a minus one damage, and you've got a really sturdy, really sturdy fighter that's not going to move.
1: So. Yeah. Very true. Not, so. Yeah. Go ahead. Jason. So you're standing on you're standing on a cover hex or a gloom yep. hex. You're minus one damage. You're plus one defense. And you want to? Why not we just give you an awesome weapon too? And Let's do we, it. One of the best weapons that we've seen in Shadow Spear. Now you have to be standing on a cover hex to be able to use this attack action, but it's just it's glorious. So Shadow Spear range two, three smash, two damage with Cleave. Oof. That's real good. That's it's real good. This it's is really like, real good. <laughs> Again, I mean the only bad part is I have to be on that cover, but currently in the game, there is enough of that to go around. And it's yeah. range two, right? Yeah. So like you don't
0: have to be adjacent to somebody, to to poke them. So and then solid. We'll just save the time. Just pretend like we listed off all of the other objectives because, or all of the other <laughs> upgrades because I mean they're all they're all really good. Pretty good. There's additional accuracy. There's, you know, more attack actions. There's another plus one
1: defense card. <laughs> There's some illusions. Yeah, and the the nice thing about the the upgrades is it's a good mix, right? So if I have a a warband that I want a single beefy fighter, I can kind of stack these, you know, minus damage, plus defense. Maybe I give them, you know, an accuracy buff or something. But then also in the upgrades, there's enough weapon upgrades that if I do have, you know, the minions... On my, on my warband, they're going to be effective as well. So, right. just good. I'm just gushing. I, I really like this deck. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm excited to play it. So if yeah. you're, yeah, if you if you're setting this up right, like you you have all your upgrades, you have your cards, you have your objectives. What board are you going to lead with, Trace? Uh maybe not the name like how are you going to set everything up
2: i mean i like any i mean this is invading aggro like you're talking about so you want anything that has starting hexes that are as close as possible to the board edge so as close to the midline as possible um that's you know you want the shortest path to what you want to try and do and there's several options you could choose from just pick your flavor of board heck board with edge hexes and you're good to go. Yeah.
1: yeah. Makes sense. So he mentioned invading aggro Jared play style, anything else really to add to that?
0: I mean, not really, you know, I mean, so it's, uh, there's actually, uh, yeah. Invading aggro is popular in championship. Um, where you come into enemy territory and then you take out fighters and hold stuff in enemy territory, and that is exactly what this deck wants to do. Um, one thing I've noticed: um, you you may actually want your fight your leader to go down at some point because um, yeah. you can score two glory if your fighter is dead and you have more glory than your opponent. So if you go first, um, and you know you can you can net some extra glory in that way. Um, so yeah. Rush so in I, to rush in. Rush in. Take two objectives, kill stuff. Take two objectives and kill stuff.
1: And just bash stuff. Yep. So okay. So that's my plan. That's what I'm doing. How are you going to stop me? Um,
0: so this is one where your objective feature token placement actually becomes really important. Um so you're you're gonna want to try to block that easy uh scoring. So putting one feature token on your side of the board, like right on, no, right on the other side of the board, right on your opponent's board so that you're blocking out, you know, easy stuff right on your side. Um, And then maybe don't put down a gloom token. That was suggestion. uh, Because, you know, with their ability to manipulate the board state and shift tokens around. And you're giving them another cover hex to stand in for things like Shadow Spear and Nether Defense and Dark Majesty. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, they're going to want to kill your leader. So, they have a, a two glory surge for taking out the leader. So, just keep that in mind. And uh, keep somebody on an edge hex. It's an easy way to block two glory from this deck. Um, either on an edge hex or adjacent to a blocked hex. Either one of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good shout out. The the thing with the, like you saving your leader, the only thing you have to be kind of remember when playing against this deck is no one's safe, right? The the yeah. reckless rush is double move. Yeah. Audacity, Audacious move is plus two, and then they have step between the shadows. So they're they're coming across. So don't get right. too confident in hiding in the back. That's true. All right, so we've gone through boards, playstyle, how we're gonna beat it. We're just we're just gonna stand in edge hex the whole time. Um, who leverages this deck the best, Trace? Like, what warbands are you um, curious and looking forward to trying this deck out with?
2: I mean, anytime we look at one of these universal decks, I'm always thinking about older warbands that don't necessarily have um, a, a rivals deck to speak of. Um, in pure rivals formats so um somebody like maegor's fiends maybe um seems like a pretty good pretty good uh shout for this even though none of them are brawlers but like that's another topic for another day um <laughs> um you know they're sturdy they want to hit you and i've you know i feel like they've got you know enough tools ripa you know um, riptooth has some movement to get you across the board to a far a far objective or a far enemy he's got really good base attacks anyway he goes to like three damage when he's inspired and all he has to do is hit one time so um they seem like a good shout as far as like an older warband
1: um, yeah and remember riptooth is the bestest boy as he can still hold objectives. He That's sure right. can. He's
2: not a he beast. He sure can, and he's a hunter. So, and even though there's not 800 cards in this deck, but like he's still a hunter. So don't forget that, folks. They add keywords to people, just not brawler. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> I add the
0: keyword salty to Trace tonight.
2: <laughs> I'm not being salty. I'm not being salty. I just don't understand. They're literally the most fightiest of the fighty, and they don't put brawler on them.
0: I don't understand at all. Because they're not all brawlers. Right. You're not a brawler. Are they shot callers?
2: Mm. Oh, without mm. some inglorious nonsense on you in a minute, if you keep making comments like that.
1: Um. All right, so fiends. What about what about their adjacent uh, sisters? You like the Ravagers as well?
2: Yeah. Um. Same. Same kind of concept, at least for me. Like. They have good base stats. Problem with Kagras is just their inspire condition, but their base stats, I feel like, are strong enough. To not necessarily have that be an issue for you. Um, and with some of the accuracy and stuff in this deck and the additional movement, which is kind of some of their problem, is they don't have a lot of ways to get to where they need to be to get on those objectives and try and defile them, um, despoil them or whatever desecrate desecrates the word you know what i mean but like
1: either the other two are fine options as defile
2: despoil well. <laughs> desecrate there's so many chaos books rattling around in my head and those words are used so often that they just all kind of are interchangeable for me um, but uh, you know all their fighters are are pretty solid um, the only one you might worry about would be Zarsia, but you know, you, she can just camp on an objective in your backfield somewhere, or do something else, and just kind of plink people away with her.
1: Her um. Yeah, I think I think both of those chaos uh, warbands make sense. Jared, who who do you, who are you looking for to trying this deck out with? The Wormspat. No way, you worm spat. Yeah. I know, right?
0: I mean, yeah, I think I think that they've got you know. They've got some options there. It's certainly better than their own Rivals deck. So, yeah. But, you know, it's we talked hard. about you know the lacking damage. I mean, that's, you know, Sepsimus is there with his range 2, 3 damage attack. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they've got the built-in resiliency, too, to be able to stick around. Yeah, that's the thing that's going to be really tough. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it would be fun. I I'm not sure it would work the best, but I think it would be more fun than their Rivals deck, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you, I mean, there's enough score immediately in this that they can get going. And it would be really fun to see somebody with like Dark Magistry and Nether Defense
2: and yeah. an additional defense die. Oh yeah, God.
0: yeah. <laughs> Can't you pump them to four? Isn't there's there are two plus plus one?
1: Uh, Terrifying Shadow only goes yeah. plus defense if it's a minion. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, they're not minions. So. Dang, yeah. Sorry to wreck your dreams. That'd have been broken, maybe. Anything else? Just the worm spat.
0: Um, I mean, skates wild hunt seems like it fits fits their play style, right? They want to charge anyway, yeah. so just have them charge in and go.
1: Chargey, chargey.
0: Yep.
1: Leverage the stuffs. Yeah. I think Who do you like, cool Jason? You um, like for me, I mean, I always go to Lady Hero, and I think in the pre-show. So I think it was either your Jared mentioned Wraith Creepers, which I didn't immediately look at Wraith Creepers because the you, you're not going to get as much mileage out of the weapon upgrades because they already have solid weapon upgrades. But the objective deck actually like, you know, the more and more I think about it, like they are really good invading aggro with their push into enemy territory. So I think that one fits really well. And Harold just because you have all that move, it's easy to inspire. And we talked about it in the last segment on how well they do. Um, The one that I'm looking forward to trying is Kanan's Reapers with it. And I don't don't think it's a one-for-one match. But what we've seen locally in the Rivals is Kanan's Reapers really suffer with movement. And this kind of overcomes that. Um, They don't have to hold objectives. They just have to be on the feature tokens. So you can still leverage their additional movement shenanigans. Um, and then, you know, maybe I'm not leveraging into the Natterate as much, and I'm actually using the weapon action upgrades. And then I've already said it, step between the shadows with Kanan coming across is just downright scary. And yeah. then I can give him plus defense and damage away from him. And I think, I think it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Like you look at the other big fighters and, like they don't they're not going to leverage everything on this deck like Moloch can leverage some stuff rockhorn Rothhorn can do some but then canning can can kind of leverage it all except fallen titan is probably the only one that you're not gonna score uh, with him and then um last but not least you may be able to rock a godsworn hunt revival with this mm-hmm. with this deck hmm it could be fun they, they would be fun they're still gonna suffer from the mm. fact that they are just glass cannons um yeah. but the fact that there is a little bit of like seed glory here and that's really what gets godsworn when godsworn can get two to three glory going then they can snowball and you can start leveraging the fighters with the upgrades so shadow elimination sudden revelation definitely will will kind of spark that um the biggest downside there is, is there is no plus damage. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. Well, all cool. Hard. That's kind of like the Warbands. And like I've been all hyped up on this deck. So, what are we giving it for uh, Rivals Plus, Jared?
0: So, I think it gets a silver. Um, so, wait, we skipped. We skip the new player rating?
1: Oh. We're yeah, about? new player rating. My bad. Yeah. I I'm, I'm so sorry. excited about so the, yeah, yeah. the new players. Yeah, yeah. Just... So
0: for the new players, um, so I think it still is silver. Um the deck is really straightforward. Like it's 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 not ambiguous about what you should be doing. And you have a lot of the tools that you need to score your glory, but it is invading aggro. So I mean you are gonna be pushing your fighters into enemy territory. So there's a chance that you could just lose all your fighters and it's really hard to flip tokens and hold tokens and hold objectives and take out leaders if you don't have any fighters left. So um, it doesn't quite fast. get that gold rating, but I mean, it's probably like a silver gold amalgam.
1: Okay, good. And the the keynote here is this was only built off out of two sets and it's the core sets yes so unlike the last one that we reviewed this is out of the harrow deep and the nether maze core set box so it's really easy for new players to to get these cards and That's, you're gonna have four war bands so it's
2: it's pretty cool yep. so you get four war bands and then if you like any of the war bands that we talked about before that don't necessarily have rivals decks you can see if you can snag one of those somewhere
1: yep all right, so now rivals plus trace. we ruined it. It's a silver, but why is it a silver?
2: Um the reason why we think this is a silver, um, mostly because it's it's uh, the objectives are pretty good in the essentials pack. And there's some really good ploys, but there's not a lot of the excellent upgrades that are in the essentials. If you're comparing it directly to essentials, you know, your static plus one damage, plus one defense, plus one move, those all things, all those things with no frills or conditions, um, I feel like are are really good. And then there's a couple good um, surges that are also in essentials too. Um, Yeah, I think that's the reason why for me um i do think that it 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 is on par with essentials for the most part um as far as like utility and objectives and stuff but the upgrades
1: the upgrades are just so good in essentials yeah so jared you read this the silver you agree with all that yeah i do yeah it's um i mean yeah i like
0: the i like the surges in this deck a lot more than those in essentials um but it's really hard to stack up against great strength and glory seeker and fighter's ferocity
1: yeah, a bit... it, you... it, it, yeah it is unless i already have it in my warband or i don't care right, right. yes um and I, I i think that this this is the first full deck that really rivals essentials um because of the surges like contest equals in cold blood shed elimination sudden revelation are really good surges and we've talked about it before essentials has strong start and oh my god um the three dice branching fate branching fate okay. um there are other ones in there that you can make work but these four are like definitely can work in almost any warband and then i can still supplement losing some of the end phase scoring with fearless seekers you know extraordinary Re- revelations okay to offset some of the ones that are in essentials um but when i get into the ploys and upgrades i'm only missing the damage in maybe a sidestep like i really like sidestep even more than shadow door like i just you know. yeah so but all the other pieces are there right it just it has the plus it has the plus uh dice it has the movement stuff it has the push stuff so i probably could build something solid with this raiders deck
2: i think you need to look at it from this perspective too right like yeah you have all the plus damage in the essentials right now but this has so many plus defensive dice and plus defensive capabilities that, like, if you want to run something that's a little bit less... I mean, you're still running aggro, but if you want to ro- run more survivable aggro, I feel like this is your option. Um, yeah, I could see if that. Some, if you've got some good, like, solid fighters, I mean, think about, like, Oberon, right? Or Steelheart. Like, Steelhearts with this deck would be really good. Um, with their with some of their in stuff, like, I think that they could be... Yeah. Pretty solid
1: with this deck, honestly. That's probably a good call too, because if I already have the in faction making a statement with steel hearts, yeah. so I don't, I don't necessarily need to double down on it, and then I can take, you know, extraordinary revelation. Um, yeah, that's that's not a bad call. I, I really like it. I. I know that essentials will still be the most popular in that format just because it's most readily available and you have more cards to choose from. But I think if we continue to get rivals decks that have these kind of options, we'll soon see essentials just be essentials. It's not it's not going it to be a cut above. Yeah. Um, and I personally just now that we have a bunch of rivals decks would like to see it go away. So <laughs> it's still hard though right because a la- lot like we talked about the last one there's just so many sets that you have to make that one it's it's kind of yeah hard. <clears throat> all right well that does it for the deck review um thank you all for your input and knowledge uh we are going to take a break but i'm going to put this on the recording so we don't forget to do it there was yep. a there was a reveal this past weekend for an underworld warband and we missed it in the intro so we're going to do that yeah we we are yep
0: and we're back and uh before we wrap up the show as jason mentioned in the last segment uh there was a skirmish preview uh put out by gw on a sunday no less at nine in the morning eastern time um so a pretty palatable time i think for most people it wasn't like stupid early in the morning for the brits um but uh in the midst of all of that since this is a Hexhead episode uh there was a witch hunter warband announced what? no way yes oh, way so me. yeah friend. so uh I can, what's the name of Haskell Haskell's... Hexbane. Hex, Hexbane's Hex, Hex Hunters. Hex yeah, Bane's that's why hunters. it's so fitting.
1: It's like, this is... Hexed, Hexbane. Hex, Hex,
0: there you go. Haskell, <laughs> Hexbane. So, uh, uh, a human plus two doggo warband. So, six fighters. Um, I need like, my dog. I know. You need your two dogs. So, um, yeah. I mean, it. I mean they look awesome. Uh, it, it gives a very Mordheim feel. Um, and that's pretty cool coming right off the, the gates of the, um, skitter, skitter shanks claw pack, which also felt very more to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's the leader. What does he got? I got to find the picture cause he is <laughs> not, not fully prepared for this. He's got what, some pistols, <laughs> some, he's got,
2: he's got a pistol and a torch. I think
0: is
1: that the leader, <laughs> pistol the and a torch. Yeah, he's like, like, I'm not prepared for this, even though he was like the one that said, all right, ready, set, go. Uh, So so the leader, Haskell Hexbane, he's a hunter. He has uh, three move, one block, three wounds. He is, his one weapon uh, on the, the card that we've seen is black powder pistols, range three, three fury, one damage, but has grievous. And then his Inspire is this fighter's attack action takes an enemy fighter out of action. So that's really cool. That just take an enemy fighter out of action. Um, but the really cool part that I think that I can't wait to like review the whole war band is he has this price of victory um, ability. And it says reaction use this after a friendly hunter is dealt damage that would take them out of action. So friendly hunter, I guess we can assume that you will have other hunters in the war band. Because yeah, I would it's a so. friendly hunter. Um after the out of action check, give this fighter one upgrade from your hand or remove one charge or one move token from this fighter. Do not spend any glory points when you when you play that card. So like Whoa. yeah, like he can get glory seeker or like I just like holy yeah. crap.
0: Any upgrade for free, or he can yeah. remove a charge token.
1: Yes, that's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty sweet. And the the card that they previewed with him is a uh, in-faction card, Bane of Evil, that is restricted to him. And this fire has a cumulative benefits depending on how many friendly hunters are out of action. So, again, I'm assuming that there's some other hunters in the war band. I think
0: it's safe <laughs> to assume that there will be at least three other hunters.
1: Yes, because on this card, it says plus one wound if one is out plus uh plus one dice to this fighter's attack actions if two are out and if three hunters are out plus one damage to this fighter's attack actions and flat one damage on a range attack is unheard of. Yeah. Like range 3 uh, like we just don't see it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah. he would be range 3 3 fury for two damage N- with grievous. Yes. They aren't they cumulative? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, so four dice. So four Fury, dice. Four Fury. Woo! Yeah. Well, that's brutal. And you're getting a With, first, Grievous. Yeah. with, with Grievous. With Grievous. With Grievous. Like, yep. That's real good. That's really sweet. That's
2: speed. pretty exciting. That's real good.
0: And then we don't know anything else about any of the other fighters other than their pictures look awesome. There's a huge dude in some bulky armor with a giant, what looks like a fireman's axe. Can we talk about the dude with the crossbow with a bomb on the end of it? Yeah. The man in the iron mask. Oh my God. Yeah. And then we've and then got the a uh, pistol. Yeah. Some lady with a repeater pistol and a smaller fireman's ax. And then not one for her vampires, but two doggos.
1: Yeah. The dog, the dogs being what appear to be mastiffs. They, they do like, they look really like mastiffs. Cool yep. Is really, yeah. really cool. Cause that's, I mean, if you're hunting, you're going to have that style of dog. And, um, this is, like, uh, what I am so hyped about is it's, like, real humans. It's not, like, yeah. chaotic humans. It's not, like, it's like reforged humans. Things. Like, I get to play humans.
0: Yeah, it's pretty exciting.
1: So, I don't know. I, I can't wait. Some of the other cards that were in the, the preview... um There is a infaction plus one damage to this fighter's range one and range two attack actions that target a fighter with a wound's characteristic of four or greater. So so it's in faction faction seeker seeker. Nice. Um, And then it's kind of hard to read because it's a ploy and it's the one that's off to the right. So it's a little bit kind of cut off. But um, it says stand accused. Choose one enemy fighter plus one dice to attack actions made by friendly fighters that target chosen fighter this effect persists until chosen fighter is out of action or ends an activation in your territory nice so plus one dice against a bad guy yeah unless you come to me yep i love it hasty and then the last card that was previewed was uncover the truth which is an objective score this in an end phase if there are two or more friendly fighters in enemy territory nice so and it's got a picture of the person in the, the mask with the crossbow with a bomb standing in front of the dog. It's pretty pretty sick.
2: They seem they seem pretty good at face value, like from what we know right now. I mean, and the models are just pretty cool. solid and the
1: models are cool. Yeah. The, that price to victory, like when I read that, I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> like
0: Yeah, just have an upgrade for free or just get rid of your first token. T- yeah that's cool to see because i mean you know we've seen um we've seen you know pure carnage which punishes you in the end phase for taking out fighters and we've seen you know blood for the blood god with um um with the yeah fill it in trace the blood reavers yeah the blood reavers but like this is the first time that like we've seen something like this potent because i mean that yeah because truth seekers had reactions on death but
1: yeah nothing but not like, like this that. not nothing like that. this no and the fact that he has <laughs> that range too is just i mean it, 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 there are other upgrades and i and i'm not going to remember all the names of them but there are upgrades that give you accuracy to reroll uh yeah. on a range three attack and like it's just going to be i don't know i'm excited for it Uh, And more importantly, to trace to your point, like the Exiled Dead came out, the Crimson Corridor out there, like there's some really cool thematic battles that can happen in this. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... Zombies and
0: vampires and... I like it. Cool. Anything else? No, just hurry up and come out. I just want them. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. I need the announcement date so that I can scramble to paint the Exile Dead and the Shadeborn and Skidder Shanks Claw Pack <laughs> so that I remain caught up. Yeah. Cool. So this has been episode 40. Hex Ed. Nether Maze Rivals Review 2. Vainglorious Raiders and Patient Lurkers. Plus bonus content on the Hexbane Hunters. So yeah. I think that's it. I'm excited about Thanglorious Raiders. I am looking forward to trying that back. Probably with the worms bat. And uh it just hit me maybe with uh, maybe with Far Strider. It's their inspire condition anyway, so.
1: It does. It it truly does. You get you get back on those Farstriders Riders. That's
0: right. Alright. So, uh, for the Battle Mile Podcast, this is Jared signing out.
1: This is Chase signing out. Um, Jason, tabled, New get the hell out of here.
0: Peace. mallet podcast is protected under the creative commons license if you have further questions as to its use you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com music by anno domini beats
2: Damn it, Jerry, your fan's still going.